For those of you who haven't been here, we're doing a series called What Is? And I believe there are certain words in the Bible that reflect concepts and offer insight into God's Word. And if you don't understand these foundational building blocks, then when it comes time to execute the Word that is given to you as a promise so you can see the manifestation of it in your life, if you don't have the right foundational building blocks, you're not going to have the comprehension you need to obtain the revelation you have to have in order to bring His Word into manifestation. So these words seem so simple because we hear these words thrown around a lot. The first one I taught on last week, if you haven't heard it, you need to go back and listen to it, is the simple word of faith. But like I said, you can ask 10 different people what faith means and you'll get 10 different answers. Unless you heard the sermon last week. <laughs> now you'll know what faith is. So now we're going to move on to the next word because you need to understand that there is a difference and you need to understand how these words can intervene in your life and if you apply them, they can literally change the course of your life. So the title of today's message is, What is Hope? Hope. We toss that word around a lot and if you look in common society, it commonly is used to mean a wish. So I'm hoping for, or I'm, 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 I'm wishing for. And its strength simply comes in the strength of a person's desire. Someone desires something, so they wish for it. They, they're, they're hoping that it will happen. They spontaneously, somehow, it will evolve and show up in their life. But when you look into the Bible, that is not what hope is. In the Bible, when you see the word hope, it is the confident expectation, say it with me, the confident expectation of what God has promised. And its strength comes from His faithfulness. Not your ability to want it, but His ability to deliver it. Did you get that? The confident expectation that God will basically do what he says he'll do. So you put your hope in him. So there's a difference between faith and between hope. And it's real evident when you look into the scripture. We'll start with 1 Corinthians 13, 13. I'll read these from the NIV. Now these three remain. And notice how they're distinctively different. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these of love. So two of the three greatest gifts are faith and hope. And they are listed separately. And you need to understand how they work together. So faith and hope, the related concepts, and we see that they're related because we see it in Hebrews. If you look at Hebrews 11.1, 1, for those of you that want scriptural reference. And we see faith it's the substance of things hoped for, or faith is substance in what we hope for. So they're tied together in Scripture for a reason. And God has it this way because one depends on the other and the other depends on itself. So faith is simply when you have understanding of God's promises, then you believe it, 
and then you act on it with confidence, right? It's a whole, it's a whole action. It's not just believing. It's believing and acting and doing because you will do those things you believe, right? The reason why you brushed your teeth this morning is because you believed it would make your breath smell better, and it does. And you believed it would stop cavities, and it does. Do you see? And so uh, the reason you do what you believe, right? So hope is simply the confident expectation that the fulfillment of that promise that's been given is going to come to pass. So faith is the complete trust or confidence in something. Whereas faith, it involves like an intellectual assent to a set of facts and then trusting in those set of facts. For example, let's talk about Bible. We have faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? This means we completely trust Jesus for our entire eternal destiny. We give intellectual assent to the facts of his, sub, <clears throat> excuse me, of his substitutionary death and bodily resurrection. We give mental assent to that. He died and was resurrected. He hung on a cross. He took our sins. We have, we have mental assent of that. We understand that he rose. God raised him from the dead. And his blood was applied to the mercy seat so we then could have eternal life. And because we give that mental ascension, then we trust in his death and resurrection for our salvation, right? The most basic tenet of our faith. Now, biblical hope, biblical hope is built on faith. So hope is the earnest expectation that comes from believing something good. So hope is the confident expectation that naturally will kind of stem from your faith. Because you have faith in something, then obviously you will hope for the thing you're having faith for. Do you see it? Now, I know I almost seem like I'm being elementary, and it's on purpose. Because if you don't fix this in the front end and have full understanding, later you'll be in hope and you'll think you're in faith. And I have to know that you're in faith expecting with great hope. And that is not the same thing. And if you ever lose your expectancy, you also will lose your faith. So you need to know where you are at any given time. Are you in hope or are you in faith? So I have to lay this out. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be elementary, but I don't want to lose anyone because there's some people maybe hearing this for the first time. Some of you that have heard it for 30 years need to be reminded. But I'm going to walk you from the ground up, and when we get there, you'll see it. So hope, listen to this word, is a peaceful assurance that something will happen that indeed has not yet happened. Did you hear that? Because you, when, when you have confidence, because you're in faith, then you have a peace that overtakes you because you're so confident about the thing that's going to happen. So can I say it this way? The confidence or the hope restores your peace. Now, if you lose hope, you'll lose peace. If you lose your peace, you say, I don't have peace about this, then you've lost your hope. You see, you have to know which one down the line that you have to fix in order to get them all back. 
I find people come to me all the time. They used to come for years for counseling, and they would sit down, and they, and uh, I've just lost my peace, and I've lost my joy, and, and they're trying to find each one. You don't find each one. You find the problem, you fix the problem, and when you get the right one, they all fall back in place. So you have to know how to lay them out in a distinct and succinct order so then you can backtrack and follow at any time where you're at. There's people right here today. You, you walked in this door, and you're hopeless. If I asked you today, you'd say, oh, this situation's hopeless. There's some of you sitting out there right now today saying, man, I don't have peace. I just don't have the peace of God I used to have. Some of you have lost your joy. Gone. No joy. No expression on your face, and it's showing. Listen to me today. I'm going to show you how to get all that back. I'd be a little bit more excited about that if I was you. I'm just telling you. And hope must always involve something that's unseen. In Romans 8 and 24, it says, hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? Yet, listen to me, yet, yet faith allows you to see what you're hoping for. Even though you don't see it, by faith, I got to back up a little bit for those of you who maybe didn't pay attention last week or didn't get to hear the message. Because faith stems from your past, the finished work of the cross, and looks ahead and speaks to your future. So faith is looking to the future being assured from the past. Hope will take you from the present to the place that you're seeing in faith. And I took you to the future in faith because you have to see the finished work. Whatever God's promised work, what, it, what, what promise are you believing for? I don't know. Maybe you're believing for, for healing. I used my son Chaz. I had to know he was going to be healed. God's word said he was. So to keep my peace, to keep my joy, I had to go into the future of the finished work of him being healed. If, by, if that healing was taken on the cross by those stripes, he was healed. Then I had to go to the place where I could see him healed. Then I had to speak from my future to my present. So I could keep my peace. I could keep my joy. As I was walking in faith, my hope was restored. I wasn't over here, listen to me, this is important for you. I wasn't over here hoping he would be healed. That's the way the world does it. I wasn't, oh, I hope he gets healed. Oh, I hope I get a good report. No, I knew he was healed. I just needed to keep my hope so I could get from here to there so I could celebrate what God had already done. Hope will keep you moving forward. Hope will make you continue when everything in you wants to quit. Hope will give you peace when the world's falling down around you, but you have the blessed assurance of faith to keep you and hoping so you can have your peace restored. Are you seeing all this kind of line up? So, when we see in the scriptures, Titus 2.13, Jesus' return is our blessed hope. We can't see him, but we know he's coming. 
and we anticipate that event with joy. How many people are looking forward to know that the Lord's coming back, that he has prepared a place for you? <laughs> He's got you. <laughs> you don't have to worry about your future. I don't know about you, but that gives me peace. So I don't know as I see the world falling apart right before my eyes. I have no idea what's going to happen. And, and it's, I don't want to say I don't care what happens. I'm just not worried what happens. Because I have the hope of a certain future which gives me peace in the situation I have to live in until the faith manifests itself as God's promise. Did you see that? So John 14, 3 says, Jesus said he's coming again. By faith, we trust Jesus' words. And that leads that hope that we will one day be with him forever. 1 Corinthians 15, 20. Jesus was resurrected from the dead, the first fruits of all those who have fallen asleep. Now, that's the basis of our faith. But John 14, 9 says, you know, then we have Jesus' promise. Because I live, you also will live. So that's the basis of our hope. One's the basis of our faith. The other's the basis of our hope. So the relationship between hope and faith let me give it to you this way. I think, I think this is the, the, the easiest way to do it. Maybe you remember this when your father would come to you and say, we're going to an amusement park. Let's say we're going to Disney World. Okay? Now, as soon as that child gets the promise of the father that they are going to the amusement park, they are going, that is called faith. Because he has the faith to believe his father. So much so that at the same time that, that belief comes to pass, it creates kind of a, just a irrepressible joy in the kid. You ever seen the kid? Going to, going to Disney, going to Disney. Ah, I'm going to Disney. You ever seen your kids lose their stinking mind? Why? Because they believe that they are going to Disney World. Because they accepted the promise. That's faith working right in front of you. Then, watch this. The expressions of hope begin to show. <laughs> going to Disney. Going to Disney. Going to Disney. Going. To the point they get so excited they can't even do words or they just start hollering. Ah! Joy unspeakable. They can't even say it. They have so much joy. And they have peace about the whole thing. That's hope. You see, everything else beyond the belief is hope acting. So God will give people a promise. It's, it's just crazy. And I see them get the life choked right out of them. Because when faith and hope come together in God's Word, trust me, it will be irrepressible joy. That's what happens. So, you can see it on people, listen to me, when they lose their joy. Anybody here, if you've lost your joy, it's simply one thing. It's because you've lost hope. And you're out of faith. Because if you believed that promise, hope 
would start leaking out. Because the joy inside of you would be irrepressible. Now, again, when I'm saying things, understand, I'm not here, um, I'm not judging anyone. I'm not here trying to point fingers at people and say, you know, you're this, you're that. That's not what I'm here for. I'm here to wherever you're at to lead you out. If you came here down, I want you to leave here up. If you came here broken, I want you to come out restored. If you came here sick, I want you to leave healed. But you have to understand God's word because God's word is the only tool that will do all of those things. And how you respond to his word is everything. And I will say this. Most people who are depressed are really oppressed. Do you hear me? Now, there are clinical types of depression where you get severe chemical things and you get tumors. I'm going to talk about that's like 1%. But true depressed people, most of you are oppressed, which the definition of oppressed means to be weighed down with the cares of life. So therefore, you become depressed about it, which also causes you to be suppressed. So suppression simply means to cease a body function. To slow a body function. So you literally see it on them there. You know, they were all up and pip. Now they're, it's like, it's like the energy vampire came and sucked the life out of them. Posture changes. Facial expression changes. Mental reaction changes. Melancholy hits them. Some of, them don't, some of you that are they're listening to me right now, I'm not making fun of you. I'm trying to get your attention. So we'll put on women, hopefully just women. We'll put on lipstick, eyeshadow, and all that stuff. I'm all about a man being a man, sorry. Man up, take your skirts off. Stop it. Stop it. And, you know, you can paint yourself up, prop a little smile up on your face, walk in here and smile at me. Hello, thanks so nice today. And before you get to your car, your whole world's falling apart. You can con me. You can con the people around you. But you can't con God. So God's going to throw you a little life raft anyway today. So... You don't need to be ashamed if you're having these feelings. You just need to get delivered. You need God's word to come in and make an exchange for that garment of heaviness and get you on a spirit of praise. And the way you do that is we've got to get your hope restored. Because those people... I can tell you, show me someone that's depressed, and I will show you someone that is hopeless, hopeless. I will show you someone that is out of faith. Because if they were in faith, and, and listen, again, I'm not, this is not a condemning statement. This is just factual. Somewhere, the enemy has got you believing a lie. Somewhere, you're still looking to find peace 
in the results. Well, I tried this and I tried that, expecting this, and I thought that was going to happen. And you're basing what you're believing on what you're seeing. Well, I don't understand why, because I believe God for this and this happened. I believe God. Did you ever think that God might be protecting you? That he can't prosper you in that thing that you're wanting prosper in, or it's going to mess you up. So maybe you need a little more time to trust God by faith, and God will do what he says he'll do. But you have to keep hope alive. Because if you don't have hope, you won't have faith. And if you don't have faith, you can't have hope. And if you don't have those two, you won't have peace or joy. Are you listening? So somewhere you've got to go back, and you've got to see where does the enemy have you believe in life. Some people are trusting in people. You keep, you're with that person, you keep waiting on that person to change. Listen, it's amazing when I changed how my whole world changed around me. You can't do a thing about the people around you. Quit trying to fix everyone and start with fixing you. And if you're fixed, then eventually God will fix the people around you. I hope somebody's listening to me. You're using all your energy. You're using all of your strength trying to change the people around you. That's God's job. You're not equipped for that. And if you have the faith in God to know that if you are doing and sowing things right, that you'll begin reaping things right very soon. So your job is to be sowing into their life, not giving instruction on how to live. I love you enough to tell you the truth. And if you will spend your time trying to fix you, Lord, help me to have strength. God, I pray that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And I pray that every tongue that rises itself against me in judgment will be condemned. Lord, I pray that I can do all things through Christ through strength. Lord, I thank you that all things are available to me because I'm a believer. All things are possible to me because I'm a believer. I don't know about anybody else around me. I don't know about my husband. I don't know about my wife. I don't know whatever you I don't know about my kids. I just know for me, God, I'm going to believe in the promises you've given for me, knowing that you will take care of everyone else and everything else around me. But see, you're focused on the situations. You're focused on the circumstances. You're focused on the people not acting right, thinking they should do this or do that, do this or do that. Listen, you got to get to a place in your life where you have no dependency on anyone else but God. If you have no dependency on anyone else but God, how can anyone ever let you down? I didn't say it was the easy thing to do. I'm just telling you what needs to be done. Because listen to me, if you are depending on someone so much that you're going to be lit down or you're going to be destroyed, then you already have a soul tie and you need to break it anyway. I tell people all the time, don't depend on me. I don't want you to depend on me. I'm going to do my best for you, but I'm a human. And you're not going to set me up for failure. Because eventually I'm going to fail you. If you're always looking to me for something, I'm going to fail you eventually. So I would rather not suffer the pain or the consequence on either side. So I'm going to relieve you of the burden now. Don't trust me for anything. 
Trust the God in me. If you hear me speaking the word, receive that word. If you hear me aligning up with scripture, you receive that because that's from God. But I don't want you depending on me. Look at your David and say, I'm not depending on anybody but God. Look right back at him and say, from now on. How nice will it be now to be free from that burden of people letting you down, people disappointing you, people upsetting you. You're not dependent on them. Who cares? Release them right now. Say, I, just say, I release all of you. Look around and say, I release all of you. You're all released. Get it all out. That's what I'm saying right now. Get it all out. If you need me to stop here for a minute, you need to say it a few times. Just get it done. Get it, let's get this fixed. I'm here about getting your hope restored. you got to have hope back in your life so your joy can come back. So you don't have to walk around suppressed, oppressed, and depressed. You can walk around with joy unspeakable. Like a kid going to Disney World. Ho, I know what God told me about my problems. Ho, I'm healed of the Lord. Ho, I'm prospered in the Lord. Ho. That's a much better way to live. Much better way to conduct your life. It's a much better way for people to see you, to see the victory of Jesus working in your life. Come on. Has anybody got the victory of Jesus in this place today? Then we got to get it back about Jesus and get it off of people. Come on. I don't depend on you. I don't need you. I like it when God uses you in my life, but I don't have to have you. I don't have to have you. And if you have to leave my life tomorrow, I'm going to be just fine. Matter of fact, I might even be a little better. Because now I have my dependency where it belongs, and that's on Jesus. Jesus is not going to let me down. Jesus will never fail me. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. Think about it. Think about it. People have criticized me for years because I won't get upset. Don't you see what the finances are? Can't you see what's happening in the world? Can't you see they're tearing down the streets? What are you going to do about it? Nothing. It's not my job, man. It's not my job. That's not what I'm called to do. God didn't call me to fix the world. He called me to be a light in it. You're like an ostrich putting your head in the sand. No, actually, I'm like a city on a hill. Shining my light. Because y'all acting crazy and I'm just fine. I'm cool, calm, and collected. You're the one going out of your mind. Look in the mirror. I helping anybody today we all have to get it in our mind that we're either going to walk by faith or we're not we're either going to walk by faith and not by sight or we're not so we're either going to be in faith or we're going to be out of faith you can't be both 
Because if you're at all out of faith, if you're one foot, in it, you're already out. There's only one place to be in faith, and that's in it. Either all in, or you're all out. So, you got to make up your mind today. So, I don't know what's happening in your life. But when everybody's worried and running around, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to you going to fix it? I, I, I'm not. I don't know how. Do you know how to fix the world? I don't many of you think you do, but do you really know how to fix the world? No, you don't. Let me, t- let me help you. You don't. You think you can fix your spouse? You can't. You're having too much problem with yourself. That's a full-time job. Why are you taking on too much? Why are you taking on more than you can handle? You ain't fixed you yet! We need to start turning the bigger things in life back over to Jesus where they belong. We need to start putting the things back on the altar where they belong. We need to start leaving our things at the cross and quit going back and picking them up. Being in faith, living in faith, is also walking by faith. And if you're living in faith and walking by faith, then you will restore your hope. Hope, in my opinion, is one of the most important things you can have in your life because it keeps making you push toward the future. It won't let you get complacent. Hope won't allow you to stay in the same place because you keep hoping for more. Hoping for better because you're believing God and trusting God and you start seeing God in a way you never did before and all of a sudden you realize, wow, God, if you could do this, then you could also do this. And then if you could do this, then you could also do that. You need to expand your faith. And the more you expand it, the more hope will be produced in your life, which means you'll have more joy. I'm going to say this, and Lord, help me to say this the right way. People think just because they're doing more for God that they're going to have more joy in their life. I'm going to go work in the children's church. I'm going to go up and hold a sign in the front in the parking lot. I'm going to go out and work the camera. And we need all of that. It's great. But is that what God told you to do? You can do all sorts of things, but are you in your calling? Now, I found out when I got in my calling that everything started to make sense in my life. And it's amazing because then I could do my calling and I could also go hold a sign in the parking lot. And I could also work at children's church. I could also do this other thing, but I got my calling first. And if you can't find your calling, let us help you. That's what we do as a church. We got classes you go through. We walk you right through it. You can't miss. 
and let's get you in your calling. Because then when you do, then you can start believing God and hope will come into your life. And then that hope will want you to do more and more. Then you're not just coming down here doing your tenants for God. I'm doing, paying my penance. I'm going to go back and suffer in the children's church. Well, hold on. I got to go back and suffer in the back room on the camera because it's my week to do it. Wow. There's no God in it. Ain't no Jesus in that. Ain't no Jesus in that. I like that. I got to speak to everybody. When you come in God's house and you step into your calling and you realize the reason you're here and you get in faith about what you're supposed to be in faith about, and you start believing for a promise that you're supposed to be believing in, something wells up inside of you called hope. And that hope then wants you to have more of God. And when you come, you're not back there, oh, let me go back to children's church. You can't wait. you got to hop and a kick like Disney World. You, children's church is Disney World because that's where God is. In the back where the camera is, that's where God is. And you'll be happy wherever God is because you know why you're here. So I don't know where you are. But I'm going to challenge you today. You got to get back in faith. You got to find out what, what do you believe in? What do you, where did it go wrong? Where did the enemy lie to you? Why do you still keep, are you tied up in a person? Is that what's got you so yoked up? Is it a circumstance that just won't quit? Is it, is it, is it some kind of something that's taking place in your life? The, is it something that's going on around you? Is it tied to somebody in your family? Is that, look at me. Let it go. Let it go. You're responsible for what God tells you to do in His Word. Anything beyond that, you're released. So I'm giving you permission today, whoever you are. Quit trying to carry the burden of fixing everyone and everything around you. I just release you of that today. All that weight, let it come off. You think you're doing it, you're not doing it anyway. But the enemy sure reminds you to make you think when you're not doing it right. Or when things aren't going wrong that you have to assume responsibility for. Show me that in the scripture. I'm going to tell you this one time. I've told you before, but I want to say it again. I remember when I first got to this church, you know, I like to succeed at everything I do. Maybe it's the competitiveness of my life, but, I, you know, I want to succeed in the things that I've done. Doesn't everybody want, kind of want that? Well, you know, the church was, the numbers were real low when I first got here because, you know, there had been some, a death and a lot of things that went on and still had a strong body. But, man, we were, we were down, and, man, I wanted to rally the troops, and I thought, oh, man, I don't want to fail. Man, when I got here, I hadn't seen the ball since kickoff. I didn't know what to do as a pastor. So I'm just trying to hear God and believe. I had to believe God every day to even know what to do. And I was staring out that window every Sunday, every Wednesday. I was, I was preaching two services then. See, we, we'd have two, two and two and a half and three hour services on Sunday. Then we'd come back and we'd do another two hour service on Sunday night. Spirit falling, people laying everywhere, it was crazy. And then we'd have Wednesday night, and God knows when we get out of here Wednesday night. And then we had 
third day worship and we, we'd be here worshiping every Wednesday and we'd be here you know again and we're doing all this just, just believing God trying to do everything we could do and I'm staring out that window every service counting cars I'm just telling the truth one day I walked to that window and the Lord told me sit down went over and sat down he said open up your Bible took me the scripture, opened my Bible right to it. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. And he said, say it. He said, I, means him, will build my. This is God's church. It's not my church. It's not your church. It's God's church. I will build my. Let me tell you something. A thousand pounds fell off my shoulders that day. I have never walked to that window again. I don't care if one person comes. I don't care if there's a thousand. We've had both. I don't care. If there's one person, I'm going to preach his socks off. I'm going to come in here, and I'm going to give him everything I got. If there's a thousand, I'll preach to the thousand. I'm just going to do my part because I know God's doing his part. But I have to know what my part is and I have to know what his part is. And because I got that figured out now and I've released everything else, now I can still have hope 30 plus years into ministry and I'm still doing it and I'm still loving it and I think I love it more now than I've ever loved it. Why? Because I have hope and I have peace because I've learned how to cut away all of the other things. So do you understand what faith is now? Do you understand what hope is now? Okay, so we are people as Christians. We are people of faith and hope. Hope is expectation. Faith is the action that brings hope to pass. And I'm going to finish with this because you have to have something practical in your life. Biblical hope is always tied to God's word. So example, people, you can hope for prosperity in your finances. How many people hope for prosperity in your finances? I hope everyone's hoping for that. But that, without tying it to the Bible and the wisdom and having faith in the word, it's nothing more than just a wish. Yeah. So if you're hoping to, pros, uh, to prosper in finances this year, then you have to have the faith to tithe and give. <laughs> you have to tithe and give offerings. Why? Because that's how the Bible says you have to do it. Now, I didn't write this, but I have to read it to you. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 to 11. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly, also, you reap sparingly. That's not rocket scientist, is it? Right? You don't have to be a rocket scientist to understand that. Sow a little. You reap a little. But whoever sows generously will reap generously. So if you sow more, you reap more. Now, if I'm a farmer, I can believe all day long that if you plant a seed and you put it in the ground, then that one seed's going to grow up. Let's say it's corn. It'll produce ears of corn, which has lots of seeds, right? So it'll multiply. 
Now, I can be satisfied and believe in that system. But just because I know about the system, and just because I believe it, if there's no seed in the soil, if I'm not planting it, there's no seed coming up. But that's how we do God. But God, your word says that I will prosper when it tells you how to prosper. Listen, somebody needs this right now. Some of you need to get out of prosperity, I mean, get into prosperity and get out of financial devastation. I'm just trying to teach you how. You sell your way out. Listen to me. I've done it. <laughs> Been there, done it. Having to do it now. You sow your way out. So if you want more seed in your bank account, what do you have to do? You have to sow more. Why? Because I said so? Because it's a system. It's a Bible principle. And the farmer is intelligent enough to know that you can't walk up to soil and say, produce. But in the Christian world, for some reason, we walk up and go, God, produce. Go to the mailbox, no check. Don't see the increase in our life. Why? Because you believe the system, but you're not doing it. So you're not in faith. Because faith is not believing, faith is doing. Faith without works is. So your seed is dead if you didn't sow it. It never had a chance to have life. So if things aren't breaking forth in your life this year, I'm trying to tell you now, you're out of faith. If you've lost your joy, if you're suppressed, you're oppressed, you're depressed, if you're sick in your body, listen to me, somewhere... We're out of faith. We've got to get back in faith. So you can't just believe for God to heal you. If you're dehydrated and you don't drink water, pray all you want, you're going to die. There's a lot in the Bible about provision, not just believing for healing. I've taught it many times. So in every area, I'm just challenging you right now as we do this series. What is faith? What is hope? If we're going to get these things fixed in our life, we've got to do it foundationally. So you today, ask God, keys, come on up here now. You guys go ahead and look into your own life. You look into your own heart. You look into your own mind. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you. Where in my life am I out of faith? What am I dealing with, and why am I dealing with it? I've just walked you through how to do it. And there will always be, watch, something that you need to do so God can respond to that to be able to manifest His promise to you. He wants you blessed. He wants you whole. He wants you restored. He wants you healed, spirit, soul, body. He wants you happy. He wants you to have joy. He wants you to walk around with the peace and the confidence that having hope in the Lord brings. But the only person 
that can decide for that to enter into your life is you. And it's like anything else, we just came out of Christmas. In order to enjoy the gift, you had to receive it. So faith is a gift, and you have to receive it. Hope, a gift, you have to receive it. It's given freely by the Lord. Isn't it wonderful that God loves us so much that He would do that for us? Believing God's Word on what you're hoping for. Acting on that belief. That's the only way to bring what you're hoping for into manifestation. I'm going to close with this scripture. I love this scripture. Because it's like a personal word from God to you. And I hope you'll receive that today. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Listen to this. Plans to give you hope. Plans to give you hope. Hope brings peace. Hope brings joy. Plans to give you hope and a future. He gives us hope so we can keep the faith. Can you please stand to your feet today? I'm sharing with you principles that I have witnessed for over 30 years in ministry. I've seen it restore almost every type of person from the most addicted drug addict to the most hardened heart. I've seen God change their lives. If it works for them, It'll work for you. It's worked for me. I wouldn't be here, couldn't be here, couldn't stay here if it wasn't for His mercy and His goodness and His patience with me trying to get this figured out. God's not mad at you. God didn't come here today to make you feel beat up. God loves you. He said the greatest of those three, faith, hope, and love, the greatest is love. And as we will soon talk about, it's because of his love towards you that you can have this confidence. You have no idea how much God really loves you. I don't believe we'll ever be able to fathom or comprehend it with a human mind. Joe, I just don't believe we can I think it's too great. But just know that it's greater than any circumstance in your life. It's greater than any problem you're going through. And today, God wants everybody here to leave full of hope. So if you're here today, I don't know, maybe you never asked Jesus 
to be your Savior, to be your Lord, to come in, forgive you of your sins. You just never did it. I don't know why, but maybe you just didn't. I want to give you that opportunity today because that's where faith begins is you believe for Him to take away your sins. So I'm going to ask everybody right now to close your eyes and bow your head. I'm going to ask for no one to look around because this is kind of a private moment. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to, I'm going to say a prayer here in a little bit. I just personally like to know who I'm praying for. That's all. I'm not going to call you out or anything like that, but I just want to know. Without anybody looking around, if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I want to, I want to give my life to Jesus today, just slip your hand up real quick. Let me see. So when I pray for you, I don't know who that is. Who is that in the house today? Just, just lift your hand. Thank you for that hand. By lifting your hand, you're not saying I'm joining a church or anything. You're just saying I, I, I want to give my life to Jesus. I appreciate that hand. Is there anyone else? Just lift your hand up quickly so I can see it, and you can put it right back down. Is there anyone else? I'm going to look around one more time. I'm going to look up in the balcony. Is there anybody up there? Thank you for that hand. I appreciate that hand. Thank you for being honest. One more time. Let me look. Is there anyone else? Anyone else? If you lift your hand, what you're telling the Lord is I'm serious about this, and I'll be your witness. That's all. I'm just a witness. Okay? There's somebody else here, and I wish you would raise your hand. I just know. I feel it in my spirit. I know there's someone here. I'm going to give you just a minute you're battling inside and you're nervous to put your hand up, I promise you will not be called out. You will not be embarrassed. You're just signifying that you want to change, that when you pray in a little bit, we're all going to pray, and when you pray with all of us, that you're going to accept Jesus. Is there anyone else that wants to put their hand up? Thank you for that hand. Thank you for being honest. I knew it. I felt it in my spirit. Now, if you're here today and you'd say, well, I've asked that prayer before. I've prayed it, but, man, I've kind of backslid. I've just kind of slid away. And I, I need to get my stuff back in order, I, but God's the only one that can fix it for you. So you want to come back home, and you say, you'd say today, Lord, I want to come back. I, 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 want, I want to get back in right standing with you with no one looking around, all eyes closed. If that's you, just slip your hand up and let me see that. Yeah, thank you. Hands all over the house. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. You can put your hands down. You can put your hand down. Thank you for all of you being so honest. Now, I want you to open your eyes because we're going to pray together as a family. Now, if you raise your hand, just know in my heart, I'm going to be agreeing you with this prayer. And you have a witness because I saw it. So, I'm going to do just exactly what Romans 10 and 9 says now. And it simply says that if you'll pray and you'll believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that He died on a cross for your sins and God raised Him from the dead. If you'll believe that, and then you'll pray and confess that, that you'll be saved. And that word saved there means healed and restored in every area of your life. Kind of like what we taught here today. So I want to congratulate you in advance. But now we're going to go ahead and solidify what we said. And just know this, at the moment we say amen, the Bible says that all of heaven stops, rejoices, as Jesus gets up and goes over and writes your name in the Lamb's book of life. So at the end, when we say amen, let's just rejoice with heaven for a minute because we've got a lot to rejoice about. Hands are up all over the house. So right now, everybody bow your head. Let's pray together and repeat after me. Say, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. And I ask you to come into my heart. Fill me. Cleanse me. Make me every whit whole. I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on a cross for my sins. And I believe God raised you from the dead. Therefore... I am a new creation. Now the old things have passed away. And behold, all things are new in my life. I am a child of God. Heaven is my home. And you are now my Lord. I believe it and confess it 
And now that settles it. And in Jesus' name I pray this. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, let's rejoice with all of heaven right now. I congratulate all of you that made that decision. And for all of us, sometimes isn't it good to just repray that prayer just to know where we stand. Now, if you don't mind, right before I sit down, I just want to call DeMario Purdy. Can you come, is he in here? Can you come up here? Oh, there he is. Come on back. You know, God sends us the best. But we can't be selfish. Come on up here, man. You've been helping out with the youth. Just, it's just so wonderful when God sends us workers and helpers, and we appreciate all that you've done for us here tomorrow, and you always have a home with us. You know that. But he's going to Jacksonville, and uh, the Lord's going to use him there, so we're just going to pray and send him off like a church family should. So just stretch your hand this way, and as we pray, Father, I pray that you will, listen, everything he sets his hands to will prosper, and every place he treads the soles of the feet he's going to take for your name, say God. I know you have bigger and better things for him. And Lord, because of his faithfulness in the few things, you're going to make him Lord over much. So I send angels before him to go to make his way safe and prosperous. I plead the blood of Jesus over his life. The death angel must pass over. And God, I ask you to keep him and guard him and guide him in his way and everything that he does. And Lord, I pray for a newfound anointing on his life. And I pray for him to prosper in everything that he does. In Jesus' name, we bless him. And as the bishop of this house, I bless him in Jesus' name. I thank him for his service, Lord. I ask that you return it to him a hundredfold. In Jesus' name, we send him in peace. Amen, amen, amen. Man, I appreciate you, buddy. Thank you for your help. God bless you. Come on, give him a hand. Come on. We appreciate all the service. And before I sit down and they bring up the announcements, if you've ever wanted to bring someone to church, these are the weeks to do it. I'm teaching on fundamental things that can change people's lives. And I hope that you'll want that for your friends. I hope you'll want that for your coworkers and the people are around you. But guys, this year, we're not fooling around. We've got to go reach the people. We, we can't just leave them die out there. We can't let their souls just rot and go to hell. We can't do it. We have a higher calling, and with that higher calling comes a responsibility. So how many people would say, Bishop, I'll try. I'll do my best this week. Would you just, just be willing to say, I'm going to try to do my best to bring somebody with me this week so we can hear, so they can hear these foundational truths. Thank you for your attention. I hope this helps you today. I hope this blessed you. God bless you.